Hello, and welcome to another episode of Words of Wisdom, a podcast series dedicated to reflecting on the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. My name is Jerry Weirwell, and it is my pleasure to be on this journey together with you to discover the powerful truths that God has revealed to those who desire to become wise and discerning. Proverbs 1.6 reads, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and teaching, to understand words that give understanding, to receive teaching in righteousness, justice, and integrity, to give prudence to the naive, knowledge and discretion to the youth. A wise person will listen and increase in learning, and a discerning person will get wise guidance. To understand a proverb and an obscure expression, words of the wise and their riddles. At the beginning of the book of Proverbs, the first thing we are told is that these are the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Solomon was the son of the famous King David, who united the tribes of ancient Israel under one monarchy. Solomon was the third king, and he reigned in the 10th century BC and was renowned for his wisdom. One way Solomon transmitted his wisdom was by writing many proverbs that are wise sayings. To know more about what a proverb is, listen to episode zero of this series entitled Introduction to the Book of Proverbs. In 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32, it says that Solomon wrote 3,000 proverbs. Now, there are only 915 verses in the book of Proverbs, and not every verse is a single proverb. Some proverbs are multiple verses. Moreover, Solomon isn't the sole author of the book of Proverbs either. Thus, Solomon wrote many more proverbs than the ones preserved here in the book of Proverbs. We could say that Proverbs is a subset of Solomon's Proverbs. But nonetheless, we've been delivered an important collection of wisdom, and we will do well to glean all the understanding we can from what Solomon and others wrote. It is also important to mention that this ascription of Solomon as the author here in verse 1 covers only the first section of the book of Proverbs, which extends through the end of chapter 9. By way of introduction here in verses 1 through 6, we are given several statements about the purpose of Proverbs. The first purpose mentioned is for the reader to know wisdom and teaching, to understand words that give understanding. Wisdom is translated from the Hebrew word chokmah, and it means more than just having a bunch of knowledge or being able to give the right answer to every question. Some questions, like in mathematics or philosophy or medicine, can be answered correctly without any required moral basis. And others, like is it wrong to steal or lie, can be easily answered based upon an established moral standard even by someone who chooses to behave in those ways. The point is that we can have knowledge but lack wisdom, and we can know what is right and wrong and still act unwise. But the wisdom in Proverbs offers both knowledge and a moral basis and furthermore is aimed at helping to provide wisdom for answering the harder questions of life. Like, how can I be happy in life? How can I prosper at my job? How should I handle money, property, and relationships? Who can I trust? What course of action will likely yield good results? Which ones will likely yield bad results? The answers to these questions and others like them will dramatically impact our lives. Therefore, having a framework by which to assess what would be a good choice, or a bad choice, or a better choice, 
is critical, and the ability to answer these questions is the aim of Proverbs. Another purpose of Proverbs is that it imparts teaching. Teaching is translated from the Hebrew word musar, which does not refer to what we might think as traditional style teaching, such as in a classroom at school, but rather the sort of teaching in view here is referring to something more like what is conveyed by the words training or instruction. This type of teaching is not like the formal education we typically find in high school or college, such as learning American history or geography or science. The teaching that Proverbs offers is how to learn important lessons about life through self-examination and circumspection. Proverbs trains the reader to become clear-thinking about matters and to not be deceived by people, society, culture, or even ourselves. The outcome of receiving the teaching of Proverbs is we will become a wiser and more disciplined individual, more capable to avoid the traps and pitfalls of life, like impulsiveness, greediness, laziness, sexual immorality, and others. For a person to become adept at anything, it requires instruction and practice. And so this is the purpose of Proverbs. It offers the rigorous training necessary to build the awareness, resilience, and character that we need in order to make good choices in a variety of life circumstances. Furthermore, Proverbs also gives understanding, which is the Hebrew word binah. To understand something means that you have a firm grasp of it and a comprehension that exceeds simple knowledge about it. For example, I can understand cars, that is, how to drive them, refuel them, change the oil in them, but it is completely different to say that I understand cars in the sense that I know all the mechanics that are happening in the braking and suspension systems, or that I understand how to tune the engine so that the right ratio of gasoline and air intake is entering the engine and the spark plugs are firing at just the right time. Probably all of us have varying degrees of understanding about cars, and that is the way it is with life too. We are all not experts on life, able to understand what choice to make in every circumstance and how to weigh the information we have in order to come up with a reason for making one decision over another. And so one of the purposes for why we should study Proverbs is to gain understanding so as to become better equipped to make sound choices and know why we are making them. In verse 3, the teaching of Proverbs is further specified as pertaining to righteousness, justice, and integrity. Righteousness is the act of living rightly before God, not by abusing, exploiting, deceiving, or harming others. To be righteous in Proverbs means to make the right choice according to God's perspective and values. In addition to being trained in righteous living, Proverbs teaches justice and integrity. God cares a lot that we be just and fair people, not taking advantage of the poor and helpless or defrauding people for personal gain. For example, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 23 says, Unequal weights are an abomination to Yahweh, and deceitful scales are not good. Also, in chapter 22 verse 22, it says, Do not rob a poor person because he is poor, and do not crush the needy at the gate. In addition, God cares that we are people of integrity, being true to our word, following through on agreements and commitments that we make. Being people of integrity is vital to honoring Yahweh our God and exhibiting his character in our lives. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 2 says, The one who walks in his integrity fears Yahweh, but the one who is devious in his ways despises him. 
Now, a question that might arise in some of your minds is, who exactly is Proverbs for? Each of us has probably thought at one time or another, I don't really consider myself to be struggling to make good choices in life. Things seem to be working out okay for me. But as I look back at my life the last few years, incidents begin to surface where I can see wisdom was lacking in certain areas, meaning I see that I could have made a better decision and avoided certain consequences. Let me give you an example. During one conversation between my wife and I, I recall that we were discussing a matter of whether or not to be part of a church event that afternoon. My wife proceeded to make a statement about not caring what other people would think if she were not there. But I took offense and became instantly upset. Almost immediately after hearing her utter these words, I jumped to conclusions and began to sputter off accusations about what her statement must mean about the way she views participation in church events and her apparent lack of concern for showing support for this certain individual at the event. Looking back, I now see my mistake and lack of wisdom in that circumstance because Proverbs 14:17 tells me that an easily angered person acts foolishly. I had become the fool by accusing my wife of thinking and implying certain things of which I had no idea if they were true or not. I was angry at her and fell into the trap of the anger and allowed it to negatively influence my reaction. My foolish behavior got me in a lot of trouble as that conversation then spun into another hour of discussion ending with my sincere apologies. Another proverb related to this story comes to mind. It is Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, which says, The one who is slow to get angry is better than a mighty person, and the one who rules his spirit is better than one who captures a city. Getting back now to the purpose of Proverbs, in verses 4 and 5, it states that the book of Proverbs is designed to give prudence to the naive and knowledge and discretion to the youth. Prudence, and along with knowledge and discretion, describe living with due caution and awareness, not being rash or ignorant. A naive person is one who is inexperienced and lacking in good judgment. Their careless choices are often made out of ignorance and immaturity, which often accompanies being a youth. Thus, to combat the condition of being young and inexperienced in life, Proverbs offers knowledge and discretion in order for a young person to become prudent and exercise good judgment, even if they've never been in the exact circumstances before or if their age does not yield the life experience necessary to know what to do. As a result, they will be less likely to be taken advantage of and become victims of evil plans and schemes. But Proverbs is not for young and naive individuals only. It is also for wise and discerning people as well. You might be asking yourself, how will a wise person or a discerning person benefit from Proverbs? Don't they already have wisdom and discretion and know how to make good choices? Well, yes, that is true. But no one is as wise as they could be. And no one has perfect discernment either. Therefore, those who are considered wise are encouraged to heed the learning that Proverbs offers, and become wiser still. The word learning refers to the education that is the outcome of extensive study. The Hebrew word actually refers to something that a person takes away with them, like knowledge or understanding. If a person truly is wise, they will listen to Proverbs, and they will increase in their learning and become even wiser. In the same way, a discerning person will receive wise guidance. The Hebrew word for discerning is bin, which is related to the word binah, translated understanding, in verse 2. The two concepts are closely connected, 
To be discerning requires understanding. A discerning person might be good at making the right choices most of the time, but if they will apply themselves to Proverbs, they will gain additional guidance in life and grow in their discernment. Lastly, the final purpose of Proverbs as given in verse 6 is to understand a proverb and an obscure expression, words of the wise and their riddles. That might sound strange at first. The purpose of the book of Proverbs is to understand a proverb. But isn't that one of the aims of studying a proverb, to gain the insight and wisdom of the proverb? In addition, many proverbs can be categorized as obscure expressions or riddles, because they are not merely wise sayings, but rather are difficult expressions that often employ various literary devices like symbolism, irony, play on words, catchphrases, and other abstract ideas that require careful interpretation. The value of such intricate statements is that they force the reader to deliberate and ponder the meaning and application of the words, thus promoting engagement with the text and, in turn, a deeper grasp of its message. Let me leave you with one final illustration. At the beginning of the 20th century, Charles M. Schwab was the president of Bethlehem Steel Corporation. By 1918, Schwab had become one of the richest men in the world. However, despite the success of his company, Schwab found himself overwhelmed with having so much to do each day that he eventually became utterly frustrated because of being unsuccessful in accomplishing what he wanted to get done. One of his friends, John Rockefeller, recommended that he speak with this one highly respected productivity consultant named Ivy Lee. When Lee met with Schwab, Schwab asked Lee for a solution on how to increase the efficiency of his team and how to discover a better way to get things done. Lee responded by requesting 15 minutes with each of Schwab's executives. Schwab agreed to arrange the meetings and then asked how much Lee would charge him for his consulting services. Lee said that it would cost Schwab nothing unless his recommendations worked. Lee told Schwab, after three months, you can send me a check for whatever you feel it's worth to you. During the 15 minutes with Schwab's executives, Lee explained a simple strategy for achieving higher productivity. It entailed organizing priorities and not deviating from them. Lee's method was as follows. 1. At the end of each workday, write down the six most important things you need to accomplish tomorrow. Do not write down more than six tasks. 2. Prioritize those six items in order of their true importance. 3. When you arrive tomorrow, concentrate only on the first task. Work until the first task is finished before moving on to the second task. 4. Approach the rest of your list in the same fashion. At the end of the day, move any unfinished items to a new list of six tasks for the following day. 5. Repeat this process every working day. Lee's strategy was not complicated and could be easily implemented. Therefore, Schwab's executives immediately began to apply the method prescribed by Lee, and much to Schwab's surprise, productivity began to significantly increase. After three months, Schwab was so impressed with the outcome of Lee's advice that he sent him a check for $25,000, which would be worth over $400,000 today. Lee's method of prioritizing tasks and staying focused on them is simple but effective. And this is one piece of wise counsel that helped Schwab take an already successful business and turn it into the largest shipbuilding company and second largest steel manufacturer in America at the time. 
In closing, allow me to summarize by saying that the purpose of Proverbs is for the reader to grow and become wise and understanding. And if they are already wise, then they will become even wiser. But this is only accomplished through diligent effort and patience with Proverbs. If the meaning of a proverb is not readily apparent, we mustn't give up. We must be willing to be patient with ourselves and the proverb and diligently meditate upon it, taking into consideration all the necessary factors in the text until we are able to draw out the depth and richness of its meaning. Thanks so much for listening to the Truth or Tradition podcast. We hope you're enjoying this new series on the words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. And for more biblical resources, you can visit our website, truthortradition.com. And there you can subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of the future resources that we post.